the game while you listen. What's going on here? This ragtag crew of adventurers is covering the problems of the average player. Where should I begin? Discussing the homebrews, modules, and the latest content for all things D&D. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? It's Chef Bogue and the pirate captain's recipes for everything. What you're feeling is so normal and perfectly natural. With your host, the pirate captain. Everybody loves me and I don't know why. I'm an asshole. <laughs> I really am. The pirate captain is a dick. Chef Bogue. Let me take a couple steps back so I can, you know, really get this point across. It's bullshit! And Loke the Bard. Instead of making a deal with Cthulhu or, you know, the greater devil, you found an imp who was willing to give you dark vision in exchange for a gallon of blood. With a little mayhem, mischief, and a bit of bardic charisma, it's time for the show. That's right, we're back at it again. It's always a wonderful adventure with me and my bestest buddy, Bogue. Bogue, where are you, buddy? Oh, the adventure's uh, over hi. this way, over that way. Right, okay. Notice I'm how I did... myself. I, I noticed, it's, it's, I don't, where did you get that one? Where did uh, you get that, that giant life-size poster and put it on me ship? How did that happen? Let's just be honest. It, it, I just had it printed out at my local Kinko's. Ah. I'll speak Also, of they had uh, chains and whips on the walls and, and swings that were not meant to be swung on like I did. I don't they think got that, very angry. I don't think that's the actual Kinko's that you're supposed to go to, but all right. I mean, they, they printed the poster. <laughs> they did a pretty good job on the poster. I just wish you wouldn't have plastered it all over me ship. And with me, as always, and... As much as I've been trying to throw him off the ship, but somebody keeps attaching life preservers to his freaking ass. Oh, yeah. Loke the Bard. See, in my case, the ladies just point, paint paintings of me wherever I go. So, Yeah, that's not creepy at all. Like some kind of weird occult going on. And of course... It wouldn't be Mr. the first time. I... And of course, Mr. Producer. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's happening, everybody? It is Chef Bogue and the Pirate Captain's Recipes for Everything. I am the titular Pirate Captain, of course, and you've already met my crew. We are a D&D podcast that we just don't talk. We don't play the game. Well, we play the game, but we don't play the game like all these other podcasts do. We talk about the rules, the problems, the things coming up that seem to be a big deal with the game. Uh, we got a pretty good show, I think, for you guys today, including a little bit of stuff that's going to happen. Uh, I do have to go ahead and get out all these uh these sorry about that these introductory podcast stuff that always has to be done including uh got to check out our chef bog and the pirate captain's recipes for everything facebook page it's always worth doing it you can search us and find us that way you can also email us at bog and pc at gmail.com all that information you can always find right there Make sure that you go and like and subscribe to our podcast wherever it is that you're listening to. Hey, you can even watch it now. There's multiple places you can watch it. Uh, if your podcast platform allows you to watch videos, we are uploading these videos now. And of course, uh, some of you out there on YouTube, just like, subscribe, uh, drop a comment. We do respond to those and we really appreciate it. So it's it's part of that. Um, it, we enjoy it. We have, uh, there's all but one episode I haven't uploaded to the youtube page and it's actually in between uh sorcerers the ultimate caster and what is a dump stat and that is just because of processing errors that keep coming across so i gotta fix that but don't worry that'll be up soon anyways you can always go listen to the entire episode our entire library 
Most podcasts, they fail out at around 10 episodes. Our podcast has gone to, uh, you know, I was saying all this and I wasn't even sharing the screen. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Um, so most podcasts only last 10 episodes. I think we actually are closer to like 50. Uh, I think that's like where our counts are at roughly about. It's been a while. Been a couple it's, of years. Hey, man. How what, let's see. Hold on. I want to go back and I want to look at this now that we're sitting here talking about it. Let's go to share screen too. Let me actually share it this time. Bam. Look at that. I actually did the right thing. Uh, our first episode, November 21st, 2020. And we were in my little shit home studio. That was like garbage. And the audio was like gar everything. And so what almost three years now coming up in like November, we'll be, we'll have done, done this for three years. It's crazy. But uh, you get about, I want to say it's like episode 10, and that's when we started using uh, my my work studio <laughs> when I was still working down there in uh, Tampa, Florida. And then now we do this virtually because we weren't going to give up on you guys, so thank you for not giving up on us. Uh, well, I want to get into today's episode, quite a few topics uh, to get into. I want to talk about the Baldur's Gate stuff because obviously that, that is a D&D &D game made for D&D &D nerds by probably D&D &D nerds. Now, we all played the last, and I, and I say this with quotes, hold on, let me get, put my coffee down, D&D &D game, which was the one on Xbox, and that one failed so hard, so hard. What was, uh, uh Mr. Dark Rufus, Alliance. Dark, uh, Dark Alliance. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That one failed. So it had so much potential and it failed so hard. Like the mechanics were there, but there were so many bugs. You could cheese out like everything. If you just played the archer, like it wasn't. It had potential, but it didn't. But Baldur's Gate is like the talk of the town right now. And those of you, I bought it on uh, PlayStation because I enjoy playing things on my PlayStation right now. So I bought mine on PlayStation. Uh, Bolg, you said you bought yours on PC. Loke yep. said he's, he's not buying shit ever. <laughs> like a new damn computer. Uh, uh, but you said you've been enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've been playing it since the early access dropped. I... I was one of those who shelled out the 60 right away because I am a big fan of the original Baldur's Gate games. I've played them. I don't know how many times, but um, yeah, I mean, I've been, uh, I've played that opening section a shitload of times <laughs> with a bunch of different this, characters. This is all, gonna... all, this game is one of the reasons I stopped buying early access stuff. It has been, it has been an early access. It's been forever. an early access for almost three years. Oh, almost when we started this podcast yeah there's just went into early access well i mean because yeah, I, I remember bringing it up in a very early episode that it was coming yeah yeah, and yeah then, like, we the, did the talk about round, it didn't we yeah the first round early access had like uh what three classes maybe and, mm -hmm. and it was very small right i said okay when this comes out and it's a full game i'll go ahead and i'll buy it and now it's out in the full game and i'm 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 still waiting. Yeah, I, I don't know why. Come on, just get a PlayStation. Either get a new computer or get a PlayStation 5 and come play. Now, I, I, now I've now i heard, because it's only out on PC right now, I, I'm not sure if this is going to work, but I, they're saying it's cross-platform. Like, I'm going to be able to play with you, Bolg. And uh, it is cross-save. I do know it's cross-save. So if, if I was to buy it on PC, which I'm not, um, I'm, I could play it over on the PlayStation. So I'm excited. We may have to do some kind of like fun content with that, where we actually just kind of like play ourselves in the game and just kind of like do what we would do naturally. Well, 
what is uh, ticking me off a little bit is that they're refusing to release it for Xbox, even though they've got a completed edition, but they are not releasing it because the completed edition they've got doesn't run properly on the Series S. And I've got a Series X. So I'm let at, me play it on my X. So so let me uh, let me go ahead and throw it out to why PlayStation is still the king of the consoles right now. Like I'm just gonna go ahead and uh, hold on. Let me take a good sip of my coffee. It's not yeah, the it's, switches. It's one of those things. Uh, where... No, the switch is not because the switch the stream deck even beats the switch because you can play yeah. World of Warcraft and League of Legends on the stream deck and you can't do that on the switch. This ah, is one of those games that then. is so graphics intensive. Unless you have the the high quality gaming rig, you're going to want to play this on the console. So not that little crank computer that you run right now. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> which is another reason I, I'm waiting for, and I'll I'll probably do it on the Xbox version. Is probably what's going to happen, which will be next year. Oh, well, at least we'll have some peace and quiet away from that dirty, nasty bard. I mean, of course, bud, we'll we'll definitely play with you when it comes yeah. out. I, 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 I think it's going to be a great game. Like, I've heard nothing. I've got friends that I play World of Warcraft with that are, like, singing its praises right now. But I think the big issue is, is, like, if you go in and look at the reviews, the reviews are coming from players that it looks like they've never played a D&D game ever. Like, even just a regular, like, hey, let's sit down at the table and play Dungeons & Dragons. No, like, it's absolutely, they have never played D&D at all. And now... Well Go ahead, bud. I'm sorry. I, I've heard it's getting exceptional reviews on Steam because it's going against a lot of the industry standards. Uh, there's no no in-game microtransactions, no battle passes. Um, yeah. Well, no, I, and I've heard that too, but I'm talking about the negative. Re- there's a bunch of good reviews. Yeah. Like, it's a really good game from what I've heard. In Vogue, back me up. What do you, what do you th- like? Because you've obviously played it now more than us. Now that it's gone live, I've only seen the videos and the trailers. We're going to talk about one of the videos here. Well, actually, I have don't, yet don't to spoil play that it. video. I have yet to play it since it's gone live. I downloaded it. It's it's a massive game because the it was already yeah. like fifty six gigs for just the uh, just the early access, and then they added eighty one gigs on top of that. So it's a huge game, but um, I've downloaded it. And then I've been not a- been able to do it. I've had other things like sidebar, personal note. My mom passed uh, peace, about Mama. a week and a half ago, and uh, it's it's been a little rough. Um, so I've had other things on my mind, unfortunately. And then of it, last night, the reason why we didn't you know record, I was sick in the morning, and then. We couldn't co- record in the afternoon because I was at a Disturbed concert, you know? All, all good. Well, minus the being sick, but the Disturbed concert's real. I, I, they really cool dudes. I got to meet them by accident once. But, hey, <laughs> sidebar, dude. Rest in peace, Mama. We're going to miss you. Uh, but, uh, hey, look, man, it's going to be it, – it's supposed to be a legendary game. Like, it, the Baldur's Gate, the original one, was really good. I played it with my friends back, uh, back on the original Xbox – uh, I didn't have an Xbox growing up, but my friends that uh, they were they were my landlord's kids, and we just became really good friends. And we, I'd go over to their place, and they had it, and we played it all the time. It was a great one. The second one, eh, like I'm just not a big fan of it. Like, it just wasn't near as good. Now I have the originals, I think, on Steam because I think they were on sale. But uh, this one is looking to be really good. 
And I want to talk more about the complaints because Mr. Producer is right. Uh, like there's nothing but rave reviews about this game right now, but talking like in person to people, because that's I, what I do. I'm a radio guy. So I go out and I, I just strike up conversations about things. And some of the guys that I've been talking to down at like different game stores and stuff like that, that have played it and stuff like that. You can tell that they've never played a D and D like, and I'm saying a sit down D and D game because Baldur's Gates, all of them, so far, because I haven't played the third one, but in the first two, play like you're playing a D&D campaign. Everything's about dice rolls and, uh, you know, can you see perception and stuff like that. It's kind of like the top-down scroller that you wish some of the, um, what's the uh, website that's like the the digital, you can, all, everybody plays online version. Roll 20. Roll 20, there you go, thank you. So it's like Roll 20, which you wish Roll 20 was. Uh, except for you don't have to load in all your own shit. It's already loaded in there for you, so you can actually just play the game as it is. Uh, but the people that are playing it, oh, I don't like how slow-paced it is. I don't like the turn-based style of it. I don't like the dice. Like, but that's, you're playing D&D to play, you're playing a D&D game playing D&D. So it's almost like you're playing a player that's playing a, pl a game, if that makes sense. Yeah, and um, the... Original Baldur's Gates were based on three and three point five. Um, Actually, no, was I think two, the first one was two. two, 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 and then three. Yeah. Um, and that was like you had to deal with Faco and all that other stuff. But luckily, all the <laughs> math was done naturally for you. Right. Could you imagine? Um, could you imagine some like knuckle dragger kid trying to play Baldur's Gate, trying to do the math to add up his own scores on that one? That me. Oh, and that, that was, that was <laughs> another thing on. with the original Baldur's Gate because you had to know the math and the strategy and stuff like that. It was a very difficult game, you know, to start at the beginning. And, you know, you have to know, oh, I, at level one, I can face a goblin. Level one, I can't face a dragon. You know, you have to know I mean, that kind of. But it, it was also one of those games that was easily modded. Yeah. I mean, it allowed you to put in your own portraits for your own characters. You could add entire races. I, I know there is a skills and powers patch that somebody made that added that entire book, which made the game just insane. Um, in fact, it made mine crash way back when. Yeah, but you could do the same thing in Morrowind when you could make like the infinite light potion and and like burn out your Xbox. Oh man, uh, I'm also the opposite of Vogue when it comes to video games. So where like you know he likes the 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 uh, oh, what's the game that I'm blanking on the name of wow, now. That's really, really hard. Not having, like, Dark Souls. Nice. Dark, Souls. <laughs> Dark Souls. He likes those Dark Souls really hard. Today. Or I, I, I'm much more of a casual, so you know I use the mod to max my level in stats. Make Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate easier. Just it's to walk story through. mode. Yeah. Story mode. How do you god moding your own like a game? Like this is why uh, this is why he's a good DM because he's like, nah, I don't like what the DM's doing. God mode, baby. <laughs> and just like touch <laughs> that dies, touch but that ba dies. Baldur's Gate was actually hard enough that. Even if you did that and your, your main character had max level, max stats to start with, you would still die if you made mistakes. Yeah. Well, that's they have a re-released re version that released for modern consoles a few years ago um, that has the ability to turn on God mode and invincibility so that you could walk through the game as I don't want to they play. call it the story mode i call that a walking simulator and i ain't playing yeah. it but. which um 
if you don't know, Baldur's Gate 3 is based on 5th edition. Hey. Um, Wait, and it's not based on D&D 6th edition yet? No, it's not based on 6th edition. But, um, well, that's because it's been, you know, early access since before they even thought of that. Um, <laughs> I, I, just wanted to, I just wanted to be a smart ass. But that's actually... It's probably the model for 6th edition. Because yeah. they're, um, they're trying to but, make it more like a video game so it'll just copy this instead the complaint that i've heard from somebody who does play DD, she's actually been on this podcast before rava um she is a newer school gamer so she doesn't like the old school you have to click where you want to go or hold down the button and drag she doesn't like that she has to change key bindings like that's pc gaming yeah, well, yeah, you gotta make it. You gotta make it yours. Like that's the yeah. idea behind it. You should always want to make like every World of Warcraft player, Final Fantasy IV, every MMO player. That's like one of the first thing they teach you to do. Like you go to a lot of these videos, are like, hey, bro, whatever your keybinds are, no, you're don't do it that way. Find what makes what's comfortable for you. Granted, I use a twelve button uh, MMO mouse, so I use Shift oh and Control. God. Oh, those things! That thing is awesome, bro. That thing is that. It took a little bit to get to learn, but man, that is the thing. I was going to show yeah. it, but it messes with I've, everything. I've got my yeah. I got the razor. Jeez, I was the buttons all on like the side. Yeah, yeah. It is like highly worth it. I recommend them. Like it, it takes a little bit to get used to. It really does. But once you get it, you cannot play with another mouse. I got one for um, Felix. Uh, because when he started playing World of Warcraft 2, I was like, hey, bro, this will change your life. And he's he's done the same thing. Yeah, so, mine's only 10 buttons, but. Oh, I got the 12s because I, I and I've I've had them all mapped out, too, before. Like I, with 12, you can get like infinite number of possibilities. But that that's PC gaming, though. Like, I, but that's a legit complaint, though. Like I could see that for newer players uh the the ones that are just like hating on the on the systems of the game because they've never they've never played it in that style before. That's where I, I, I'm starting to kind of like, all right, guys, I'm not going to take what you're saying as much as somebody who's like, if you're a Boulder's gate fan and you've played one, two, and now you're playing three and you're like, Hey, I don't like it because the story's kind of wonky. I want to get into one of the story aspects. It's not that it's wonky. It's just funny, but it's just like, those, I want to hear your complaints first. And then I'm going to start addressing some of the complaints of the newer players, not to like discredit what they're saying, but this sequels aren't meant for new players and it's going to be kind of weird saying this, but sequels were never meant for new players because then you lose out on the story. Let's take uh, horizon, right? You don't know what's really going on in the new horizon one. If you didn't play the original horizon or you and vice versa with any of these games, sequels were never meant for new players. This one I think actually is kind of though, because of the way it's its own story and it's doing its own thing. We were talking before the show about how Baldur's Gate 2 was really more of a continuation of one. Right. And this is like a hundred years later and it's a so, different different games. It's you know fifth edition instead of second edition. Right. Uh, well well yeah. it it just and, happens to be in the same location. <laughs> and they um they actually have um things that have happened in media outside of the game. Now, Larian Studios, the one who picked up um, the license and, and made the game, Larian Studios released uh, Divinity 1 and 2, which are excellent games. Um, and 
the game plays very much like that, but with a D and D twist. Now, if you've watched the trailers and all that, you actually see that there's a character from those first two games that shouldn't be alive because, well, they're human and a hamster. They should uh, not be alive at all. But Minsk and Boo were there because of events that have happened in the comic books that caused Minsk and Boo to come back to life. So, and, and they so, were very popular with the yes, the yes, fan base. because they're 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 fun. Yeah, so and I'm like, sure Dritz is going to show up because of Dritz. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, as long as they it, got it, the licensing, that he'll show up. Honestly, <laughs> like Dritz is like one of my least favorite characters of that whole like. Uh, he's just like a moody. He's like a moody teenager. It's like living with my husky. Like it, <laughs> it's just crazy like that. I I I I want people to enjoy this game. I think it's gonna. It it, it looks really good. The videos and stuff that I've seen about it, it looks like it's gonna be an awesome game. Uh, I just don't want play, new players coming into it and trashing it because they, they don't know what to expect. And I oh. think this is a problem with a lot of video games lately. Yeah, Days of Endless Adventure. Yeah, that's the yeah. Uh, that's the comic series. Minsk in the first chapter is released. So mm. he's a big part of this as well. So, but like I was saying, uh, I don't yeah. want new players coming in and not knowing. And like, and that's that's the fault of a lot of, of games and one thing that I, I really can't stand because there's this, a couple new MMOs that I'm, I'm looking at and I'm trying to diversify in the MMOs that I play and I would like to see and, and Baldur's Gate should do this and show more gameplay trailers I shouldn't have and we've gotten away from that because of streamers and stuff like that the streamers will go in and they'll show you but I don't want to see somebody I want to see somebody like Hey, this is the core basics of the game. This is what's going to happen. Da 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 da. Put it on your YouTube and stuff like that, so that way I can see. Because I think if these new players that are having issues with the way that the game runs and operates means that we're not we're we're not really you're not really getting a full face value of what the game actually is going to play like. And I can't stand that when I when I go to play a game and what it looks like in the trailers is nothing like what it plays and i can see Tra- trailers all cut scenes and then you actually sit down to play it and it's all yeah in the gameplay eight bit, eight bit graphics from 1983 <laughs> oh, yeah. oh that was, and that just that drives me insane like i want to be able to play like i i want to see the gameplay footage and i've had issues well, with the mmos that are doing that and so i can understand uh, i can understand rob's uh, complete hate of okay this is annoying i don't enjoy this because she didn't know what was yeah. going into it well also, uh, also and, like the first person shooter generation is not going to this is not the game for them yeah this, when, this is a party multiplayer party based um, thing where like if you play the single player version of this you're controlling all party members however many party members you have yeah so it's like um, a, it's like dragon age essentially yeah it's, much, it's much more like the dragon age type people who've never played a Baldur's gate it's much closer to a dragon age um than even a diablo like diablo is at that top down point and click model as well but you're still only controlling a single yeah person but, well with diablo you don't even have to point and click you can actually you can uh you can pilot the, you can yeah, pilot. The, con- the, con- the console version yeah it's well, you can you can do it's got control like I know four I haven't played four I just I enjoy Diablo I just was never like a super big Diablo guy so I didn't buy four I was gonna wait for it to go on sale but uh, you, there's controller support that you can actually do it with the PC because I like being able yeah. to like pilot my guy with that one I, much yeah. more reactive than trying to yeah but yeah. you're not gonna be able to do those little things with with all yeah. those games 
Rava's main complaint is that she wants to be able to um, wazd instead of uh, pointing and clicking. She wants to be able to move freely, and that's not what this game is about. It it takes the mechanics of D and D like movement and and uh, yeah. speed and applies it to how every character moves. So you need to have that point and click, that drag and, and run, because if you're just wasting everywhere, it doesn't have the true feeling of, okay, now we're in an encounter and now I have only six, you know, six seconds to move around. So I, I never had a problem with it. It was the same back in the old Baldur's Gate. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I, like I said, sequels aren't meant for new players. I'm not trying to be mean to new players who want to come in and play something. It's just, it's the truth of the fact. Like it's a continuing state, a continuation of the story. Like I've been playing uh, uh siphon filter again. And if anybody remembers PlayStation siphon filter, it's a great little gun game has a pretty good story. But if you didn't play siphon filter one, you wouldn't know what happened. Why Leon Zing is in a different area in siphon filter two. And so it's, it's that, that mindset. So, but, but um, to bring uh, go back to an earlier point, but also talk about this one, is that um, for the gameplay trailers, there's an excellent example of people doing this, but also the fact that this is a sequel that the developers have learned a lot from their previous games and have updated. It's and not that, like they didn't have 15 years to fix whatever that was. I'm right. just going to be honest. Well, right, but this is from software, of course, one of my favorite companies, and Armored Core. Armored Core 6, they they sent out um, basically old-fashioned demo discs to uh, YouTubers and reviewers and let them show 20 minutes of gameplay. That's a lot of gameplay in these day in, in this day and age. Uh, That's a I know for, for a preview. I know I, I know some damn intro storylines that, you know, in 20 minutes, you're still freaking learning basic contraptions of, of the gameplay mechanics. So 20 minutes isn't really a whole lot. Yeah. Well, when you're playing Driving games record, where you haven't even got out of the garage yet because you're still learning uh, to shift gears. Oh, man. I don't even talk about that. When like driver driver on uh, PlayStation one was like that. Cause you, if you didn't know what a slalom was because you're eight years old and you don't know what words mean. And, you know, we're not going to talk about but that. they. They obviously like they sent these out. They're like, here, show them exactly what they're going to be getting into. Um, which from what I've seen of the gameplay, it looks a lot like older, um, older, uh, older, uh, armored core mixed with things that they've learned from the Soul series. Okay. And uh, the boss battles are enormous, they've gone back to huge, grandiose boss battles. Um, but the minute-to-minute -minute gameplay feels like Armored Core. It's just the movement, everything is a little bit more modernized, and they've learned a lot from their past games. I heard that's not the only thing that's grand in uh, the other fancy word that you used. We're going to talk about this one, because I think because it leads right in there. Like they, they, they are really going all out with this one. I want to talk about this one. Uh, talk about this, and it's... Uh, right. They revealed a bear sex scene, and it goes to the top of the list. For uh, I, I don't think that's the reason it went to the top sellers list on Steam. Well, it, it was on the top sellers list when the early access first came out. It was number one, like the day after it came out. 
three years later, before the the final release, they release this scene and it jumps back up. I so so, so here's the thing. I kicked. Uh, yep, he kicked his mic, so he's gonna he's gotta <laughs> fix it. Um, yeah, that it it definitely helped boost things back up. Yeah. Uh, plus the reveal that you know it's rated M and it has strong sexual content <laughs> and nudity. No. So so this when I saw this title, that's not even where I went for it. Like here's where my mind went. You're telling me that a D, a game about D and D that plays like D and D. Has a D like scenario in it because there is somebody out there that have been like, "Hey man, can I uh can I have sex with that thing?" You know, and your that poor DM's like, "Ah, God, yeah, it's just like ah, roll, roll bard, persuasion, ah, the bard trying to sleep with the dragon instead of slaying it." I mean, it's it's. A- I- that's like a good, tic- a good TikTok <laughs> I saw last night where it's like the guy's like, I'm the worst roller at the table. I'm getting threes and fours and twos. Let me, and we're facing Tiamat. Reset. There's nothing I can do to help. Reset um, your dice. Wait, I roll to turn her off and then give her this face. And then he rolls a one. That's actually, <laughs> I, I, like, <laughs> I don't know who that guy is, but I like that. I like that mentality. Like, <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm, having a system. <laughs> I'm gonna take the system and turn it on its head. I just think it's funny. Like, if this is like if this is the reason Baldur's Gate three shot to the top of the list, then we we really like need to explain to people the world of D and D. Like, we really just need to have well, a sit down, kind of like telling your parents for the first time, like, "Hey, look, I'm um been drinking beer," <laughs> and just they're yeah, like, but. This also got them a lot of press. Hmm. You know, this game, this this game was already traveling very fast within the nerd community and stuff like that. It didn't need any more press like with this. But but you're right. It got a lot of press two weeks before they released the game. You know, to the general release of the game. I mean, you can't ask for more. I don't think as far as advertising and sales are concerned. uh, I I think that you you didn't need this, but I think it's hilarious. Like if that would have came out, like I just that's that's why I know this is a D and D game for D and D nerds is because of things like that. Because now everybody's going to try to figure out how to unlock the special cut scene where you get uh, where you get to have sex with a bear, and, you, and other people are going to be like, "Bro, do you, do we really want to do this, or can we just go back to killing goblins?" And the bard in the party's like, "No, no, no, bro, bro, I got this, I got this." Oh, it's well, and that's one of their selling points is the flexibility of this game. You can do a lot of different stuff that you would not be able to do in other previous, yeah. Uh, iterate like I remember even the first release of the early access, they were selling like the difference in using it, things like elevation during combat and you know things like you just don't normally see in the top-down games of the modern world. I think I think and that, that the, was the three years ago stuff. So what they've added in since then, how, uh, how did they use the what's the physics engine like? Yeah, it's oh uh, don't don't even start with the damn <laughs> physics in this one. Uh, well, supposedly dudes. that's that one poor of the selling parts. The, phys- the physics engine is very good. I don't want to hear anything from y'all about physics ever, ever, ever. and and you can get magical dark vision. I hate you. I just I I should mute you right now. In fact, yeah, here let me just like yeah. Oh, 
Asked to unmute. No, I, I oh, I, oh, crap. Uh, he's got to, uh, yeah, I, I muted him. I have but to unmute myself. He has to unmute himself. Oh, maybe I should start using that more. I, I this game is, I, I, it's going to be great. And from what, and talking to players and stuff like that who have, who've uh, actively played since it's, uh, since it's released recently, uh, I had two different, two different groups that were playing. Um, and one of them was like, Hey, we did the, we did the store. I don't want to reveal anything that I know. I don't mind spoilers. Like if you tell me something, unless there's something I really don't want to know, but this was one of those things. I'm not going to spoil it for those of you who are listening. So if you, there's like different scenarios and how you go into each scenario is going to be different. So you can actually have multiple playthroughs where you do things in eight or nine different ways and it works out for you. So that way you don't have to, you can play it again. So let's say all four of us sit down and we're like, all right, we're going to play it this way. And we're going to go, I want to be, I want to help side a this time because we helped side B last time and it's going to play it. And I think that's really cool. That's the replayability of a game. And if you don't get to do the sex scene with the bear, because that's what you wanted to do, well, you get to go back in and you can replay it again. Or for the love of God, somebody, oh man, I just thought about this. Somebody's probably got that scene saved right now and they just go back in. Oh man. Oh God, I just ruined my mind. Oh yeah, chingo. Oh, nobody's going to stop me. No one's going to continue on the conversation. Nope. They just want to let me nope. revel. You guys are assholes. <laughs> I oh that's uh there's some there's some creep perv out there that's like saved right before this scene and he's just like yeah gonna go uh crank it out to that one today I I I hate people you know what <laughs> the internet's banned I'm done with the internet I'm done with this this is just I don't know but we got other like, topics to talk, uh, topics to talk I, about. I, I want to finish the replayability of this one but I do want to like move on to another topic before I need to bleach my mind oh uh, yeah and i'm just looking at the, the wiki page on this the metacritic score on this right now is at like a 94 out of 100 i so, yeah like and metacritic is that overall really getting good, good getting decent reviews to be that high metacritic's actually a pretty good like they're pretty for the most part evenly based they do have their tendencies to lean certain ways for certain games uh, based on developers and things like that, but for the most part, they're they're really they're really good. So I'm excited. Like I said, I pre-ordered on PlayStation, so I'm going to be playing it here in about. It comes out on the third for me, or I think it comes out on the third, so I get access to it on the first, which is like, uh, Friday. It'll be Friday. Yeah, it'll be Friday the first. So uh, and I'll probably hit you up there, Bulg, and you can we can play together because it does have cross-platform play. Like, yep. uh, so that I'm excited about. So that way, not all of us have to have it, it on the same platform unless you want to buy it on an Xbox for whatever dumb reason. I don't know. It's just stupid. The PlayStation's king, the PlayStation king of the consoles. But uh, how's that game pass going? That uh, that pre- uh, crappy one that that doesn't really work as game. Pass. Hey, how does uh how does my Xbox not burning out over playing simple games that PlayStation's been playing since it was released? Oh, wait. My Xbox is fine. Oh, that was like the big complaint between those two systems was like the Xbox was like burning itself out trying to play what PlayStation was. Granted, PlayStation had a fan issue and was doing the same thing when it first an issue, but it was it was like it was a it was a component issue, not not so much of like the hardware issue, like just all all in general. Oh, so I like the PlayStation. I think PlayStation's king of consoles. 
and it's definitely better than the switch. Like I know this is not like D and D related stuff, but there's nerds out there and I love the switch. I love my switch. And I want to get back to this conversation that we were having before the show. I love my switch. I think it's great. But the fact that it bogs itself down with like Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, like what the hell? Like I, I had to buy a whole new switch because it, it burnt out. So switch is not the king of the consoles. The stream deck is better than the switch. I'm just going to throw that one there, but uh, on to the next topic before they have a chance to rebuttal. Well, uh, no, no, king no, of no, the no, consoles no, doesn't work if you own them all. So hmm. there's one that always stands above the rest. Um, so I moving. put myself into debt for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not one of the rich motherfuckers. I just put myself into debt. It's worth it. I'll be playing. I'll be playing PlayStation in the gutters. Oh, I want to talk about this topic because I, I, tro- I, I, I say I troll, but I, I don't actually, I don't respond to, I don't talk to a whole lot of people outside on uh, social media. If you respond to us, I'll respond to you because I think that that's what I would do. But I don't go digging through people's comments and stuff like that to go, no, you're wrong. In fact, I, I don't do that. Like you're entitled to whatever the hell you want to believe. I don't care. But this one, I think is kind of like, this one I think is a bad take. Um, uh, a bad take on their part, but probably a good, better take on mine. And it's people who ask for specific roles in their campaign settings. And like, there's a lot of players, uh, people out there that they're, they ha- they're playing online, which is really cool. So they're trying to make sure that they have it, but what they're looking forward in these campaigns is like, well, I want a healer. We already are having a hard enough time that you have to post out somewhere that you need a person to play that role. And granted, you're going to find somebody. It's not hard to find somebody, but Apart from just asking for the specific role, then you have, hey, look, we we meet this Tuesday and Wednesday. You got to be here at this time, da, 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 six times. And it's almost like a job application upon that. So you're at, you're actively asking for a specific role. And I, the only reason I say healer is the post I was looking at said, hey, I'm looking for a healer. So you're now alienating half of half of or a third of your player base because there's we'll just use the Holy Trinity for the purposes of this argument. So you're alienating like a third of your party base of because there's a there are two thirds of your party base because there are people who just don't like healers. And here's my take on this. If you were looking to get to fill your camp, you should be looking to fill your campaign. If they come in, maybe they want to be a healer. If they don't want to be a healer, I think that you should, as a DM, kind of modify your campaign a little bit to where you don't need so much so much as a, a person whose role is to heal. And it could be like a tank or a DPS, and it should go this way too, that you actually just modify it. Like, hey, for the purposes of healing, here's some extra potions and stuff like that. That way you're kind of more self-sustaining, and now you get to fill your campaign. You get to have a new friend, somebody at the table, who actually, like I said, may end up being the healer. But I think you're alienating like a, a two-thirds of your audience when you specifically ask for that role. Am I the am I the jerkwad here, or am I, or am I not actually trying to like, dial it back and say hey look you guys need to kind of do this better this is much less a problem than it used to be um in oh, the old I... days when you only had four classes getting the balanced party was very important to get somebody in each of the different four classes it wasn't it like uh, and we've talked about this before like usually the person that showed up last was the one that you know they, they, they got they played the cleric because the old school clerics sucked uh, and all they could literally do was heal mm. uh, but now it, it got somebody at your table playing a sorcerer uh, you know they can do the divine soul or whatever 
we well, don't even have to do you don't even have, yeah, well, i'm saying you don't have to be a cleric you could still be a something completely different than a, a traditional healer who is it who is it in our campaign right now that's our main healer is, uh, our is druid. it our, our druid. druid yeah and even i'm the cleric and i don't heal so but it's it's not even so much as like having like the perfect role or something like that yeah. it's it's more like even if you're like a sorcerer you don't even have to take like a a a path that teaches you like a sorcerer's origin that actually says, Hey, I, uh, I, I need to heal. Like I need benefits to being healing. Cause you can just take spells that are better at healing and stuff like that. That's, that's oh, the yeah, idea. But you'd I, have to, to cause the spell list or so the spell list. Well, you I need think, to do like a magic initiate or something. To get... Well, I think, I think the sorcerers actually, they get healing spells in their, in their list. I think, I think most casters actually nowadays, even the world, Oh no, the warlock doesn't. But I'm so pretty sure I know the druids. I know the bard. You have to go. Know, with, there's a there's a particular warlock subclass. The um, warlock you have to go to and that the sort. The warlock and the sorcerer you have to go with the subclass to get them added. Mr. Or Producer, take something like magic initiate. Mr. Producer, can you pull up the sorcerer uh, spell uh, the, the basic sorcerer not before any uh, before any uh, class uh, cla like class features and stuff like that like uh like the sorcerer's origin stuff and see if there's like any healing spell on their basic list without that because I, I think the warlock's the only one that doesn't get like a uh, an outright healing spell without having to have like a special feature uh, i don't see, think the wizards get one i think the wizard no, the heals, i think the the wizards don't they get like healing word or something like that no so yeah, they, they don't get it they don't get a healing spell at all um and then sorcerer and uh uh, Bull, Warlock have to take a Bull, you do Bull, you do wizards for me, and uh, Mr. Producer, you do sorcerers. But you're asking when you ask that of your players and stuff like that, and you shoehorn them in there. It, it to me, it already sounds like they're not going to have a good time unless they. And granted, the way that this is presented, it's like you have to want to be that role to play. But maybe you just want to play the game, and that's the thing. And you're having a hard time getting into groups. So now, are you really going to compromise what you want to play? Or how you want to play to be in like it just doesn't sound fun. Versus, yeah, it, I I think it, it this time it should be more on the DM and and normally I'm more of like hey players need to take some responsibility upon themselves. I need I, this one I actually think is the DM's time to sit there sit back and go hey I you should uh, maybe I should modify it to help out and you could probably fill that role a lot quicker. And actually, probably have a, a new player that could actually, like I said, would want to do that or something. Like I, I just but think asking at least, for, at least this way, by advertising it that way to begin with, um, you're getting somebody who is going to be wanting to play that particular weak spot yeah. in the group. Like if you're playing with a group that's all playing melee fighters, right? Yeah, and, and that's the that's what the group is, and they keep getting dropped fight after fight. Or you have to have an NPC healer, um, which the DM doesn't like to run. I, I'm one of the people who I don't like to have an MD, NPC. I don't like MP party member. I don't like NPCs in my uh, like. I don't like as a D, uh, DM either having to run yeah, NPCs. So, so I do, if, but as a DM, I would rather give you like let you find extra potions and yeah. stuff like that to help out if I know we don't have like a, a like a lot legit healer. What do you? It looks like you got the answer, Bog. Wizards do not. No Wizard, I, yeah, 
Wizards, okay, so wizards don't. I know warlocks don't, but what about sorcerers? Have we gotten that answer yet? Um, it's saying favored soul sorcerers yeah. can heal. So only favored souls. All right, so yeah, okay. And okay. using wish to cast. But, a so, mass. Right, so I don't what, count wish. Wish isn't a lot, fucking spell. Nope, the bard is right. Is what what they're saying. Do you? Hmm. I didn't hear that at get, all. Get used to that. If either of the two of y'all say that, I will murder him. Him that way. Yeah, he's that way. I will murder him. All right. If you want me? him to live, no, not you, him. <laughs> Damn it! There it is. See, yeah, you on my screen. You're pointing at me. Oh shit! And <laughs> and on, on my screen, screen, you're pointing at nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna murder the goddamn bard. That's what it's gonna be. Oh, what? Because he's right. All, yeah. all right, fine. Sorry, <laughs> bud. You gotta die. Gonna go mute him. That's uh, we'll call that death. <laughs> just, just like dark vision. I'm right. Again. No, you're not. Okay, you were right about the freaking spell list, but you're not right about the dark vision. You're not. You, you get one. You get one. Yeah. But still, I, 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 I mean, you, I, there's, I, a, there's a lot of ways you could play a healer without being the traditional healer. Like, play a bard that has healing word. Well, nobody's play playing him a bard. as a bard and play normal a bard. like you'd want to. But then when somebody gets dropped, you can pop them back up again using the healing word. You just... No. I... I just think that, like, even if let's take the healer out of it, let's say now we're looking for a tank or something. Mm -hmm. it, it's very hard that you, it was very rare that you would like maybe if you're like a three person, uh, three person group, which I've seen in the past, yeah. maybe you would have a uh, a need for a DPS, but a tank one too. Like, I think shoehorning players in there, maybe if you need a tank, let's say you have a party full of squishies, maybe like dilute the damage a little bit. Like I said, this is one of the few times that I want to actually put responsibility on the DM. Because I think it's the DM's goal, job right there to sit back and say, hey, look, uh, my party's obviously having trouble with this, so maybe I should uh, uh, adjust things slightly to get them going versus when I'm looking to fill my campaign that already has a role of need to be filled, try to specifically say it. I just think you're alienating like a, a, a two-thirds of your player base. Yeah, and if, if, if you're having problems getting any anybody in a seat, you can't beggars can't be choosers yeah <laughs> i mean we typically have a party of like eight people so it's it's somebody will pick up the slack and heal even if nobody's the designated healer yeah um, and, and like you're we saying you know what the current party we have has a pair of druids and a priest and yet somehow the druid has got stuck with the healing role because nobody else wanted it i uh, <laughs> As a cleric, the only spell I have that heals is healing word. Hmm. I mean, I, I have um, cure wounds, but I don't ever have it prepared because that's not what my cleric's about. My cleric is under the, the god of pain. So she's not about to heal unless she's got a good reason to do so. I mean, there's 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 healing in pain. Let's just be honest. Have you ever had uh, like heal from a broken bone? Like there's there's a little bit of heal, pain and healing let's just be honest yeah that, that's why she's got the healing word to pop them up if they're on if they lose consciousness and stop feeling the pain wake them up you need to feel pain yeah that's <laughs> entirely it you, yeah, walk, that's... you walk up to him you're like he's unconscious what do you do well i cast healing word on him and you just you need to wake up there's still pain to be felt and you're just shaking them back unconscious oh I just created well, an idea for a character. 
Well, that's why it's also important to state that if I'm ever I've ever got a character who's on zero, that all of my damage is uh, non-lethal. Well, that's how on. tortures work. No, no, no. You can't play that with that with with then, Loke. I don't then, know which then, way he is yeah, on his then, own screen. You no. can't play non-lethal with that jerkwad. You know, as long as they're not at the top of the stair. No, shut up. Bladed this, weapon yeah, or, I knew this was going to come. I mean, you got to be realistic. If you've got a blackjack and you do non-fatal damage to knock somebody out, that's one thing. Um, but yeah, if you're you're at the top of the stairs and you knock them out and they fall down the stairs. Why do I let dead. you in this conversation at all? Like, I don't understand why I keep doing this to myself. You want to talk about somebody who enjoys pain. I'm literally just sitting on thumbtacks every time I let you in here. Gosh, I, like non-lethal. Learn to check your seat. I throw them there every time. You think? <laughs> why would you? Why do I keep letting you in here? This is. Uh, I I I'm just saying. When you when you when you try to hunt down specific roles, you know to, to reel it back in and away from his. I don't know which way he is. I, I on my screen he's this way. So whichever way he is, if he's down up, I don't care. Yeah, one of these ways. Anyway. If when you when you do this, you, you're you're really limiting on what you have and what you can do. Like there, there there's so much potential in any campaign if you just like, kind of let the players be. But as a DM, like hey, if I've got to give out more healing potions, or maybe I got to make my guys do less damage, or maybe I got to make my guys do more damage. Maybe it's a it's a bunch of doctors, which I don't know why. Like there be I I can't imagine in my mind a campaign where everybody wants to be a healer. Like it just—it seems kind of weird, but oh, there's the, the whole uh, holy rollers, yeah, the, thing where, where everybody plays a different type of cleric. Yeah, but you end up having like the forge cleric and the other clerics that are really the, just the like, Joe Cat uh, joke. A group of all clerics called them the Amen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. I uh, I just I don't uh, I, 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 it's I, like Hitler's a group of one. all orc yeah. bards of the orchestra. Well, and D and D is not doing a whole group of bards ever. D and D is very well. It's different for every table too. Um, and some some people are still bogged down in the old traditional roles, um, especially if they've been playing it that way their entire you know D and D life since first edition. They like playing it that way, and they don't want to change. Well, yeah, may, maybe they want a you know fighter, mage, cleric rogue party that's that's just the traditional roles of the old school you know the, the old the old school D was based on a four four it was a four party system four person party system you each had those separate roles and nothing overlapped you didn't have all this subclass and partial class and and you know multi-classing and dual classing was a lot harder yeah um i still agree with that but yeah and so it was a different world. And if that if that's the world they like to play in, yeah. more power to them. At least they're being upfront about it. It would suck to show up to a, you know, oh, we need a player, and then be told you're playing the healer, period. Yeah. Or you're not playing. No, um, you, you got me on that. You got me on that point. Like that would really kind of be like a shisty way to get somebody in. But it, it, being upfront and honest, but at the same time, I don't know if having that kind of like just just not have not being able to find like let's say this is the one thing that's holding your campaign back. Well, and even if I really wanted to play a healer for a particular, I had just had this great character idea for a healer, 
if I saw that ad, I probably wouldn't pick it up, <laughs> you know, just because that tells me, a, a, you know, a group that's not very flexible, a DM that's not very flexible, um, might not be the most fun for me. Uh, so it's, it's, it's kinda, but that's me. Some people yeah. that don't, that kind of thing don't matter to them. That was kind of like where I was getting a, uh, the vibe to like, it, it doesn't show that you can't, you can't think on the fly. And as a DM, that's like, that's gotta be like one of your better traits is you have to be able to be like, do something on the fly. Speaking of doing something on the fly. And, uh, this, this is a topic that I think I would actually be really, I want to see y'all's opinions on it. And it's the getting two natural twenties. Uh, two natural twenties is hard. Like it's like a one in like 600. I don't remember the math. But Kyle and I did the math one day while we were sitting there at game on, and we figured out like how how minuscule of a op, of a chance it was to get that, and what you had like what you had to do. But it has happened. It's happened at our tables before. We've both gotten two natural twenties and two natural ones, and I think that if you actually get two natural twenties, like here's how I would treat this as a DM, and I want to see what you guys would do, like how we differ on it. it, it Two natural 20s, to me, is a instant death. I just want to call that uh, from player to DM, not DM to player. I'm not going to go just out, like, instantly kill one of my players because I have advantage. So to get two natural 20s on the same roll, you have to have advantage. Now, in true matters of the fashion, you're actually supposed to – they say you're supposed to roll – instead of two D20s, you actually roll a D20 twice, and that's what advantage is. I – no, nobody I know does it that way. We all just roll two natural. We just roll two twenties. But I think if you're a player and you two natural twenty something, that the the chances of that hitting are already so kind of I wouldn't say astronomical, but they're very minuscule. That I think it's almost like an instant death. Like it's just like whatever you hit with those two natural twenties is an instant death. And I I don't agree with DMs doing that to the players because there's a lot of things that happen behind the screen. Unless maybe there's a player that you just trying to get them out of your campaign or a character you're just trying to like get rid of but even then i wouldn't do that what would what, say you and then we'll do the 20s and then we'll come back to the ones and see what happens yeah. on a natural one i don't do anything special um but i could understand if i were you know in a campaign where the dm wanted to i would have no objection to it um because it is, again it is so rare and it would be special and it, it it'd be kind of neat um i already overdue crits as it is yeah uh you've seen my crit chart where instead of just adding one extra d8 or whatever the standard crit is you're i'm I'm throwing multipliers and not just two times but sometimes three times sometimes three times the max of the damage um you know where you're already critting yeah it already sounds like you're trying to burn through your own enemies or your yeah yeah so you know for for to add anything above and beyond that in my campaign would be uh, superfluous. It, it'd be very, you know. Well, you you have like eight players, and so that on on honestly increases the chances of that happening. That, that's the other thing, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I think I think in smaller campaigns, it's definitely something that would work out a lot better. But I don't know. Uh, yeah. What's a e bulg? Uh, he wasn't ready. Well, no, I'm ready, but. I'm probably going to have an unpopular opinion. Go for it, but I don't think it changes anything. Why? Why? The, the odds are already against you to get a, get a natural 20. Getting two is just, okay, cool. Let me... Uh, mm, 
Let's go with Pathfinder for a second. Okay. You got to confirm that critical. Oh man, those are that's the super annoying thing about Pathfinders and uh confirming crits. How does that so that's the standard critical, you know, stuff for them. So you roll your natural 20. Yeah, you got to roll again to make sure it actually is a critical. So you have to you have to hit them twice. You don't have to get two natural 20s. You just you get the natural 20 and then you have to hit again. Now, if you miss your if you miss your your chance to hit on the second dice, you still get the original hit. It's just not a critical hit. That's gotcha. how natural. That's yeah, how you've got to hit the AC twice. Yeah, basically getting a natural twenty on the first one. So, and I've seen people roll two natural twenties in a row to confirm the critical. Um, so why not be so, instant death? Like, they, it, it, but that's a whole different system too. Like Pathfinder versus D and D. Like in Pathfinder, I wouldn't make that same argument because well, Pathfinder you have to because that's the the rules of the game is like hey you got to confirm the crit. Versus D and D in its current edition is you have to do you have to hit the uh, twenty and then you have to uh, you just have to hit the twenty once that's it I mean, twenty is the twenty and it's actually I don't even think even in the book it says that it's an automatic success it's still up to well, the DM it, yeah it's not an automatic because it, it must be possible yes and because uh, the one the natural one is actually not again is uh, not a guaranteed failure in the book that's just something yeah. that's like carried over from players to yeah. so uh, and so i mean if i'm gonna give any kind of reward for it it's gonna be you roll an extra dice you get an extra dice so one extra damage dice double you know see i mean but you're already doing that with a crit when you give them the crit so are you what is it like an extra dice on top of the extra dice like so you yeah, I mean, if you're already rolling, say, 2d8 for an attack, you get 3d8. And if you're a barbarian and get your brutal critical, now that's 4d8. And then that's all doubled. Okay, so I, I okay, and just so I'm, I'm making sure that I'm mathing right. Um, You roll the, you roll the original 20. All right, so yep. now you get your extra, let's say you do 1d8. Now you do 2-8. Now let's say you had advantage on it, which is how you roll the second one. You get the second natural 20. Now you roll 3-D-8. Am yeah. I doing the math? Okay. I mean, but that's still something. That's I mean, there's more than what, you know, other players, because two natural 20s, to have two natural 20s, you have to have advantage. All right, let's just start with that. You already have to have advantage. And that's hard enough. It's not really that hard. Like, I think some of the advantage rules in this game are very lax. To where it's almost—it's not near as near as hard as what it's made out to be. So, yeah, I can kind of—I can kind of see your argument now a little bit now, Bog, about well, that. But and I, I still it, think the, that it's I, I the way think, that you were just doing your math. There was that you're adding a dice in order to double the damage. I'm just straight doubling whatever that first dice roll was. Okay. So if uh, for my for my purposes, one d eight um, for rolling the critical, then the other. Uh, the other critical would be another d8 and then you double that result i i it's not bad i i guess i just i the way i i think an insta kill on it to me like works out better yeah and, but what happens if that happens in you know round one against the bad a big bad evil guy yeah what, it goes back to that also, idea of the dm's got to be able to think on his feet yeah we're also modifying the crit rules even even as they are we don't play with the book crit rules. Yeah, because they're kind of lame. Where if, you're, if you're hitting with a long sword, you're not doubling. You're you're adding an extra D8 or an extra D10. You know, whatever the damage dice of that weapon, you add an extra dice of that weapon 
you don't double anything in the in 5e base rules there is no multiplier on a crit yeah i we do it because like i said we want the bigger crits we like the the chaining of you know where they could they could have the possibility of one hitting even the big bad guy um, yeah so because because this is how because like the the book crits are are very lame because as it says when you score a critical hit, you get an extra roll, uh, extra dice for the attacks damage against the target. Roll, uh, roll all the attacks damage twice, dice twice, and add them together, uh, and then add any relevant modifiers as normal. It's kind of lame. It really is. Like uh, the the crit the crit chart. We used to play with the crit deck too. The crit deck is one of my more favorite items that we play with, um, because it it has happened. I've I've actually got a crit and used the crit deck, and because I was using magic, I sent the big bad to an extra plane of existence. And uh, a guy that we haven't had, I've been trying to convince him to come on the podcast. I think he would be actually be a really, he's a really good personality. I think he'd be awesome. He was like, um, I get, I, I guess the mission's over because <laughs> you just sent the big bad to another plane, and there's no way for him to come back because it was like a level four monster. We were only like level two, and it was like a level four yeah. monster. He didn't have extra plane or travel. I, an instant kill, like I said, you have to be able to think on your feet, which is a big a big part of being a DM, is like being able to like, okay, so how do I respond to that? Uh, just adding the damage dice just doesn't feel like it's done a whole lot. Like, I like the crit table. I enjoy the crit table for what it does and the crit deck and however you want to do your crits. I think that's it, it is. But I think, like I said, you have to have advantage, first off, which, depending upon the party size, could be a lot harder. Now, you guys play with eight eight uh eight players so having advantage yeah. is almost guaranteed uh, no matter what you do and well, it turns and into things pack like tactics. Tasha's, yeah tasha's and and anthar some of they've made advantage much easier it's not just flanking anymore you know uh, the, the rogues now have steady aim that they could just give up their bonus action to automatically get advantage or, yeah you know uh pack tactics for certain races or you know there are there are so many ways, and it has become so easy to get advantage. So, uh, and and that's where I would argue, you know, closer to what you're saying, Bulg is like, okay, hey, look, because it's so easy. But at the end, what let's say you even do have advantage, now it's like one and it's like twenty times twenty. Uh, well, it's actually like twenty times twenty, and then two, uh, one and one. So it's like two and like there. There's a math on this that I'm I'm not mathing right. It's like forty to the power of two, or something. Something, something ridiculous. So it's, you're it's the number it, of possible outcomes. I need Baca. times times the number of possible outcomes. Baca would be able to math this out for me right now. This is why he's an engineer, and I'm just a uh, radio guy. So, uh, so that that astronomical, and, and to have that moment to where like you get something so incredibly rare, because like look, it, when it's happened to us at the table, the whole table goes nuts. Like we are insane with happiness because it's like, oh, bro, you just did something so insane. It's crazy. And I think that having that moment of where you just get a like coup d'etat, the boss or something like, even if it's not a boss, half the time it's happened to us. It's just happened on some lowly ass goblin. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I super murdered the goblin. I hit it and it exploded. And that's the thing. So I think yeah, like, just, just with the action economy, a lot of times where, you know, you have, again, when you're playing with a party of eight, a hundred hit point bad guy, big bad guy, who happens to go last because of a bad initiative roll, probably ain't gonna get to go. You know? Yeah, because <laughs> the entire party's gonna whittle him down before he ever gets his turn. So, so what's a... the difference if one of those guys knock him out? Yeah, first turn or something first, like that. First turn versus 
Yeah, another way you can do it, I guess. Another way you can do it, I guess, is that's when you get you, okay, how do you want to do this type moment? Like, instead of just saying, okay, you killed the goblin, it's like, okay, how did you kill the goblin? So I like those moments. I really do. The issue is, is you have, you end up playing with some non-creative players and they're like, I, I hit it with my hammer, I guess. Like, okay, how did you hit it with your hammer? You're kind of leading them on to have this like somatic moment where it's just like the ultimate kill. And it's like, even if it's like a little goblin, but it's like one of those moments where the, like the camera, like slow pans on him, showing that great action scene. And then he's like, he walks up and he's like, think, think I guess. And you're like, oh, so I, well, like, that, I mean, but that, moment. that leads to, you know, improv improvement, uh, you know, but by stick. listening to other people do it and, you know, being put on the spot and doing it yourself, that's something. Also, have them watch a few horror movies. There's a great number of kills in there. I, I mean, look at Friday the 13th. There's uh, He stabs a girl with a road sign and then rips her in half. I mean, you don't even One of the that. best kills ever in horror. And <laughs> there's, there, there's, uh, there's plenty of scenes out there that you can just, you don't even have to be horror. But like you said, you're, you're giving that moment to that player and sometimes they just don't even if they've been around they, like there are players that we have been around quite a bit and they still suck still suck at rping like you just it, it, you can't teach things that people don't want to learn and so ha- trying to give them that moment i, I it's not i'm not trying well, to say people we, don't want that moment yeah it's not what they're there for they're there for you know there's so. there to hang out with their friends rather than to be the star of the show or whatever they it, it's again it's a different game for everybody yeah I, it, it's not a bad take. Like, uh, Bog, I'm, I'm not, I'm not downplaying what you're saying. Like, it, it's, it's not a bad take at all. I think uh, it's a, it's a very legit answer. Like, mine and Loke's are, I'm not gonna say better because it's got Loke in it, and I'm never gonna agree with that guy. Uh, <laughs> so you know what, Bog, you win this one. <laughs> yeah, but now, <laughs> if if you were playing in some somebody else's the DM, not you, Bog, and they had a mechanic in their campaign. Where at a double twenty, it does something special. Where it, you know, adds adds more crit dice, or at, does triple damage instead of double damage, or insta kills, or whatever it was. This is Would your that chance. bother you while playing? This is your chance to fix his campaign. Play with that person. Um, it wouldn't bother me. It just yeah. would be like a oh okay, that's what we're doing. Cool, and yeah, then I keep playing. That that's kind of where I'm at. It. It's like yeah. It's not really going to hurt anything, but it's not really going to make anything so much better to do it. So yeah. it would only bother me if it keeps mysteriously happening. <laughs> yeah, coming from the guy that's king of fudge and rolls, I'm just gonna th- I'm just gonna leave it right there. Uh, only behind the screen. This has been Chef Bulk and the Pirate Captains recipes for everything. Make sure you go out and find us everywhere. You know, I didn't actually have a sponsor for this episode. Uh, our friends are, are super busy, but we don't have one for this one. Uh, but I, we're sponsoring ourselves on this one. So I want you guys, I want you, the loyal listener, to come on out and check us out wherever you can find your podcast. You can find us. It's simple. Search up Chef Bolg and the Pirate Captain's recipes for everything. If you do featuring Luke the Bard, you'll never find anything because he's always lost. We have so many different platforms you can find our our episodes on. Amazon, uh, CastBox, Stitcher's going away. They're, they're canceling theirs, but we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you can. If... Let's say maybe listening to things. Maybe you want to watch us kind of get it down and dirty. You can go always go to our YouTube page. It's the same thing. We do not make this hard for you to find Chef Bog and the Pirate Captain's recipes for everything. And then, of course, 
our fancy Facebook page. You're more than welcome to come like. Talk to us on here. We do post about when different things are happening. If there's a delay to the show or something that's going on, we'll let you know. With that being said, say goodbye, Bog. Goodbye, Bog. Say goodbye, Loke. Yeah. Say goodbye, Mr. Producer. Later, guys. See you guys. You've been listening to Chef Bogue and the Pirate Captain's Recipes for Everything, featuring Loke the Bard. Like, follow, subscribe, and share this podcast. You can also find them on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Just search for Chef Bogue and the Pirate Captain's Recipes for Everything. Questions, comments, and mutiny requests can be sent to bogueandpc at gmail.com. And as always, happy adventures.